Luke 177 KJV to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. We first walk with discernment to obtain knowledge of the workings of our walk. Our discernment reveals how we will as the adopted into Israel gain knowledge of our salvation within it. Israel, as a chosen people, was a type of the elect of God out of all nations, whom God had a particular eye to, in sending the Savior and therefore he is therein called the Lord God of Israel. Now Zacharias here blesses God, 1. For the work of salvation that was to be wrought out by the Messiah himself, Luke 1 68-75. This it is that fills him, when he is filled with the Holy Ghost, and it is that which all who have the Spirit of Christ are full of, 1. In sending the Messiah, God has made a gracious visit to his people, whom for many ages he had seemed to neglect, and to be estranged from he hath visited them as a friend, to take cognizance of their case. God is said to have visited his people in bondage when he delivered them, Exodus 3:16,4:31. to have visited his people in famine when he gave them bread, Ruth 1:6. He had often sent to them by his prophets, and had still kept up a correspondence with them but now he himself made them a visit. He has wrought out redemption for them, he has redeemed his people. This was the errand on which Christ came into the world, to redeem those that were sold for sin and sold under sin even God's own people, his Israel, his son, his firstborn, his freeborn, need to be redeemed, and are undone if they be not. Christ redeems them by price out of the hands of God's justice, and redeems them by power out of the hands of Satan's tyranny, as Israel out of Egypt. We now recognize what knowledge the Holy Spirit is revealing. And begin our search for the Lord's gift of understanding. David is called God's servant, not only as a good man, but as a king that ruled for God and he was an instrument of the salvation of Israel, by being employed in the government of Israel so Christ is the author of eternal redemption to those only that obey him. There is in Christ, and in him only, salvation for us, and it is a horn of salvation for, 1. It is an honorable salvation. It is raised up above all other salvations, none of which are to be compared with it, in it the glory both of the Redeemer and of the redeemed are advanced, and their horn exalted with honor, 2. It is a plentiful salvation. It is a cornucopia a horn of plenty, a salvation in which we are blessed with spiritual blessings, in heavenly things, abundantly, 3. It is a powerful salvation, the strength of the beast is in his horn. He has raised up such a salvation as shall pull down our spiritual enemies, and protect us from them. In the chariots of this salvation the Redeemer shall go forth, and go on, conquering and to conquer. Now, it becomes apparent by comparing our knowledge and understanding find the Lord's wisdom on how to complete our service in Yeshua's name. God spoke the same thing by them all and therefore it is said to be diastomatos, not by the mouths, but by the mouth of the prophets, for they all speak of Christ as it were with one mouth. Now what is this salvation which was prophesied of? First, it is a rescue from the malice of our enemies it is Soterian exit for on Hamon a salvation out of our enemies, from among them, and out of the power of them that hate us, Luke 1 71, it is a salvation from sin, and the dominion of Satan over us, both by corruptions within and temptations without. The carnal Jews expected to be delivered from under the Roman yoke, but intimation was betimes given that it should be a redemption of another nature. He shall save his people from their sins, that they may not have dominion over them, Matthew 1 21. Secondly, it is a restoration to the favor of God it is to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, Luke 1 72. The Redeemer shall not only break the head of the serpent that was the author of our ruin, but he shall reinstate us in the mercy of God and re-establish us in his covenant he shall bring us as it were into a paradise again, 
which was signified by the promises made to the patriarchs, and the holy covenant made with them, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, Luke 1 73. Observe, 1. That which was promised to the fathers, and is performed to us, is mercy, pure mercy nothing in it is owing to our merit, we deserve wrath and the curse, but all to the mercy of God, which designed us grace and life, ex merum motu of his own good pleasure, he loved us because he would love us. 2. God herein had an eye to his covenant, his holy covenant, that covenant with Abraham, I will be a God to thee and thy seed. This his seed had really forfeited by their transgressions this he seemed to have forgotten in the calamities brought upon them but he will now remember it, will make it appear that he remembers it, for upon that are grounded all his returns of mercy, Leviticus 26 42, then will I remember my covenant. Thirdly, it is a qualification for, and an encouragement to, the service of God. Thus was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, that he would give us power and grace to serve him, in an acceptable manner to him and a comfortable manner to ourselves, Luke 174,75. Here seems to be an allusion to the deliverance of Israel out of Egypt, which, God tells Moses, was in pursuance of the covenant he made with Abraham, Exodus 3 6-8, and that this was the design of his bringing them out of Egypt, that they might serve God upon this mountain, Exodus 3:12. Note, the great design of gospel grace is not to discharge us from, but to engage us to, and encourage us in, the service of God. Under this notion Christianity was always to be looked upon, as intended to make us truly religious, to admit us into the service of God, to bind us to it, and to quicken us in it. We are therefore delivered from the iron yoke of sin, that our necks may be put under the sweet and easy yoke of the Lord Jesus. The very bonds which He has loosed do bind us faster unto Him, Psalms 116-16. We are hereby enabled, 1. To serve God without fear of phobos. We are therefore put into a state of holy safety that we might serve God with a holy security and serenity of mind, as those that are quiet from the fears of evil. God must be served with a filial fear, a reverent obedient fear, an awakening quickening fear, but not with a slavish fear, like that of the slothful servant, who represented him to himself as a hard master, and unreasonable not with that fear that has torment and amazement in it not with the fear of a legal spirit a spirit of bondage, but with the boldness of an evangelical spirit, a spirit of adoption. 2. To serve him in holiness and righteousness, which includes the whole duty of man towards God and our neighbor. It is both the intention and the direct tendency of the gospel to renew upon us that image of God in which man was at first made, which consisted in righteousness, and true holiness, Psalms 50:14-3. To serve him, before him, in the duties of his immediate worship, wherein we present ourselves before the Lord, to serve him as those that have an eye always upon him, and see his eye always upon us, upon our inward man, that is serving him before him. 4. To serve him all the days of our life. The design of the gospel is to engage us in constancy and perseverance in the service of God, by showing us how much depends upon our not drawing back, and by showing us how Christ loved us to the end, and thereby engaged us to love Him to the end. Take a moment to put life on pause here what is around you on a spiritual level, we are more than our fleshly body, remember we were formed in His likeness which is in the Spirit as He is, learn to connect with God in the Spirit which you are. The flesh is just a vessel housing our spirit while we journey through this life. Be at peace brothers and sisters in Yeshua. God speed in a beautiful day that our Lord has blessed us with. Remember I am just the messenger bringing what is provided by the Holy Spirit, what you do with it is up to you. May our Lord keep you in peace and His love.
Robert, 